the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Rolled up to my Chevrolet, I climbed down up inside. Well, welcome everybody. Five minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and my name is Mark Salem, and you're stuck with me for a little while, a couple hours, if you want to talk about your car, if you want to talk about a problem you're having, if you want to talk about uh, an estimate you got, or if you want to talk about symptoms, then it's pretty easy. 602-508-0960, and I'm not on, I don't think I'm there. Gil? Okay. I don't, I don't, okay, okay, good enough, because I'm not showing anything on my, on my uh, receive bar, so I, I'm glad to hear you're there. Nevertheless, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. You're welcome to give us a call and let us know when in any issue that you might have. 602-508-0960. Every Saturday we're here from 10 to 12 talking about car, car repair stuff. And um, typically the subject matter extends throughout the week <laughs> because they'll, they'll, I'll get emails or the office will get phone calls about people wanting clarification about this or that or how we talked about this or did we really say that. And certainly those are things that, that uh, we've experienced over the last 30 years, so it's no big deal. It's something that, that we just deal with. And I'm the first one to let you know that I'll raise my hand if, um, if I'm wrong and if I made a mistake, you'll you'll hear about it right here. <laughs> so <laughs> we go from there. Anyway, six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. When it comes to car repair, our industry is a mess right now for a variety of reasons that are unrelated to us in the industry. First of all, we have a parts problem, and the parts problem, I'm going to tell you in my opinion, just in my opinion, the parts problem um, isn't isn't as bad as it they say it is. But I think what's happening here is is that if there's a part that is on back order, um, that part comes through the parts chain and it ultimately ends up at what we call a jobber. That's a warehouse that sells to an installer. I'm an installer, and then I put it on your car. So we have like three levels. We have the jobber, and that's where the warehouse is, and that's where we're set up on a computer. That's where we can type stuff in and look for parts and we can price the part at that particular time we know what our cost is and we know what the suggested retail price is and at that point we can then order the part and we can call our customer and we can tell them this is the part that needs to be fixed and here's the price and here's the labor and it won't exceed this much money which is what most of us do there's still some shops out there that just add the parts and the labor but then when you get there the 
the price is significantly different than the parts in the labor. And let me tell you that all of us have shop supplies and environmental charges, and, and that can equal 5% of your bill. And then we, on top of that, we have sales tax, which is pretty close to 10%. So you, you've got 15% on top of that. But unfortunately, not not unfortunately, but fortunately, as we sit in front of our terminals, as we load the work order with the part and with the labor and this and that and the oil and the filter and the labor to do the oil, the, the total comes to us in a number that's the correct number. And that's really the number that most of us use. But there's still lots of shops out there that are just quoting parts and labor. And when you get there, as many of you know, um, it's different than what you have. And and the difference is going to be those three items, shop supplies, environmental charges, and sales tax. Um, shop supplies is those items that we can't charge you individually. So what we do is we charge everybody in, in our case, a half of 1% of the parts. A half of 1%, it's something like that. And so what we're doing is that covers the paint, that covers the lubricants, that covers the carburetor spray, that covers the brake clean. All these components that are disposable that we're going to use on your car, including the window sticker that we put in your window, um, all of those costs associated are in that. And frankly, they're insignificant but they're not when they're spread amongst 20 or 30 cars a day. So that makes a big difference. So that shop supplies. Environmental charges, um, They, we have to deal with the byproducts of the repair of your car. We have to pay to get rid of the tires. We have to pay to get rid of the oil. And sometimes we do get paid, but we're talking a penny a gallon and sometimes we have to pay two cents a gallon or whatever. We have to get rid of your oil filters. And many of us crush the oil filter and put the oil with our waste oil. And then we can take the can after we've crushed it and we can throw it into the trash. We also have some environmental charges with respect to coolant and gasoline and stuff like that. So there's lots of moving parts. There's lots of things. Our, our air conditioning or our air conditioning, our air compressors. Um, those are very expensive. They can cost $10,000, and they provide air to the shop for all the hoists, for all the air guns, for all everything that we use. And and that's we don't charge for the air compressor, but we charge for the servicing, and we all have different service plans. Many of us have the same. And the service plan may be once a month we do the oil, and once every other month we do the oil, and then we do this and we do that. But we also have devices on there that are smart, and they can dump the moisture out of the compressor onto the ground automatically. But some of us have a, an employee that's job is to go out there and drain the water out of the compressor every morning or at the night. Those are the kinds of things that we have. Those are the kinds of issues that we deal with. So your bill is made up of that. Should you shop labor rate? Yeah, you can. It's not going to really make a big difference because the average labor rate, the average ticket in our shop is probably less than two hours. So if I'm $5 higher or lower than somebody else, you're going to make a, a, a decision based on $10 labor difference. And I don't know that that's in your best interest. I think you'd be better off to go on the go on the Internet and write down Salem Boys Auto Google reviews or something like that and find out what kind of reviews they have, how long they've been in business, and so forth and so on. With respect to where we get our parts, 
we all pretty much get our farts from the same place. <laughs> There's nobody's got the market on better parts than the rest of us. Uh, we're all in the same boat. We have warehouses that just deal with us, and you can't go to the warehouses. Parts Authority is one like that. Um, Factory Motor Parts is another one like that. But then you can share those parts stores with us. So we have Napa. We have O'Reilly's. We have AutoZone. Um, we have CarQuest. Those are people that not only cater to the installers, guys like me, but to the public. And there is a different price structure there. But you, when you go into one of those and you're going to buy a part, you can ask them for somebody, if there's going to be a discount, uh, if there is a discount available for a customer that patronizes your facility on a regular basis, um, I'd like you to, to include that, please. It's a nice way to let them know that you're a customer of theirs and that you come in often and if there's a discount associated, and most of the time there's a small discount. It could be two points, two or three percentage. It could be five, five percent. I don't know. I, I'm not that kind of a customer. But I do know that when I'm in there sometimes picking up parts, I hear that conversation, and it's good. It's a good conversation. The, the, part, the parts markup on your parts has everything to do with the risk. Well, welcome back, everybody. Um, we're on the phones now, and uh, and hopefully we'll be able to tie both you and I together. And if you'd like to join the conversation or if you have a car question or car problem, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And, Gil, I'm, I'm assuming our next break is going to be at 30. That was our 17. Yes, yes? Yes, yes. Okay. Thank you very much. 602-508-0960. And we were talking about different ways to bill. Um, we're trying to. I was trying to trying to explain to you um, what what it is that uh, your bill reflects, and um, and stuff like that. But right now, our industry, and I think that's kind of where I left off. Our industry is in um, in chaos because of a variety of things. Uh, number one, let me give you the phone number again: six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Our industry is in chaos for a couple of reasons. Number one, parts. Um, I want to tell you that it is Mark Salem's opinion that half the time parts is used as an excuse, half the time it's correct, and half the time it's not. <laughs> and when it's not, what's going on is is that it's feast and famine right now with car repair. There are shops out there that are sitting on 20 and 30 cars, uh, and, and they recognize they're just buried, and there's new cars coming in every minute, but they have appointments that people expect my appointment to be valid, and when I get there at 10 o'clock, I get an oil change, and that's a difficult thing to do when you've already got 30 cars on the lot. It has to do with how we manage our businesses. In addition to that, our technicians are moving around a lot. Labor rates have, have gone through the roof, and as a result of that, the technicians, and, and, and I'm not begrudging the technicians, they're looking for, you know, a greener pasture. They're looking for somebody that will pay them more money an hour to work on cars. And because we're all busy, that has gone up significantly. The labor rates have gone up as much as $50 an hour. And, and, and you struggle with that. But the fact of the matter is, is that you have to pay your technicians and the technicians get a percentage of the labor rate. So at $150 an hour, they might make 41 bucks an hour. Or they might make $35 an hour, depending on their ASC certifications and stuff like that. They're not going to get $150 an hour or $125 an hour. They get a derivative of the hourly rate that compensates them for their work. 
And obviously, if they're efficient and if they're an ASE master certified technician and they can bill eight hours a day um, in cars, that's righteous eight hours a day, then $300, a day. That's kind of how it works. But right now, my shop, we've lost three technicians that have gone on to a job that paid more than we were willing or capable of paying. But that's the way it's been for a lot of my friends as well. Everybody's saying, hey, do anybody file an application lately? Um, would you share it with us? Well, you call the guy and he says, hey, you're about the 10th person that's called me. I already found a job. <laughs> so that's kind of, And it's the parts departments and stuff like that. So it is kind of tumultuous right now. There is no end in sight. Um, we are having parts problems. And then there's a lot of us that suspect that some of our vendors, if they have a particular part, um, let's call it an air compressor on a Chevrolet. This is just a stupid example, but it's easy. And they only have one of those. They're likely to hang on to that for one of their A customers and not let somebody walk in and buy it over the counter. They're likely to hang on to that for one of their installers. So parts stores have two customers. They have the do-it-yourself, and then they have the installers. And they're likely to make more money selling it over the counter, and some of them may choose to do that because you can, you're can you going to spend more money for it at the counter. than My price is going to be higher than that price, and here's why. I'm going to warranty it. And so I'm going to warranty the part and the labor, and, and the difference at the front counter is, is they're only going to warranty the part. You're still going to have to remove it go back and give it to them. They're going to test it. Sometimes um, they tell me that 50% of the parts that come back, they test and they're fine, which means there's something else wrong with the car. So you have all those moving parts that go on. But I think uh, business in general is struggling right now just because of, of, of all the different ducking and bobbing and weaving everybody's doing. And so um, we had a, a technician walked in the other day that had worked for us 10 years ago. His name was Rich. And he came in the other day and said hello to the family. And, and many of the guys that still work here knew Rich as well. And he had uh, he had left us and joined the service. And then they shipped him overseas. And he was in a horrific Humvee explosion. He's back home. He's healthy. Um, he's good. Um, and we asked him, you know, are you going to work on cars? And he says, yeah, no. He says, I don't know that I have the stamina anymore um, because I've been blown up. <laughs> And it, it's not funny, but he, he is a great guy, but we're, we're, uh, we're looking for technicians just like everybody else. So when it comes to taking your car in, the thing you can do that works the best is, is to write down what it is that you want. Write down the symptoms. Tell us exactly how to make the symptoms. Start the car first thing in the morning. After you start the car, wait about half a minute and then put it in reverse. Put your foot on the brake and put it in reverse, and there should be a hell of a clunk. And that's what I want you to fix. Well, I can fix that for you right now. When you start your car in the morning, especially this time of the year, the computer knows that it's cold outside, so the computer is going to increase the idle. So instead of idling at 600 RPM in park, it's going to idle at 1,000 RPM in park. It's going to warm the motor up faster, so the computer is going to command the idle air control motor, give me more RPM. Well, when you go from park into drive or park into reverse at 600 RPM, that's a smooth transition. But if you go from park to reverse at 1,000 RPM, there's going to be a clunk and, a, and, and, and kind of a, a, a jolt. And that's because the idle's up higher, but it's cold in the morning. And that's something that's only there cold. Throughout the day, you're not likely to experience the clunk, the heavy clunk, when you go from park to reverse or park to drive. 
So those are the kinds of things. 602-508-0960 if you want to join. And another thing that's going on right now is this is the worst part of our industry, in my opinion, in my opinion. So a guy takes his, his Jeep into a uh, a, a uh, repair shop, and um, and they fix the problem he asks them to fix. That's important. He gave them the problem. He told them exactly what was going on, and they fixed it. But then they wrote a sheet, an estimate, for something like $1,100 worth of work that they need. Well, they brought that, and it's a friend of mine. It's a personal friend of mine. Um, it's It's someone close to me, and said, well, here's their sheet, and here's my Jeep. Take a look at it. So we're in the process of looking at the Jeep, but many of the things on the list are conflict with the owner's manual. You, you see, in the old days, we used to change just about everything at 30, at least 30,000 miles. So we, we did lots of fluids. We did lots of belts and hoses. Um, but we, but the flushing part was really big at about 30,000 miles. So flush the cooling system. If you had injectors, flush the injectors, which typically does nothing for you. Um, we might flush the engine. We might change the transmission fluid, the differential fluid, the power steering fluid, the brake fluid. Those are flushes. I call them wallet flushes because we have sophisticated equipment that we can test your brake fluid. We know what the moisture content is, and we know the the, the structure of your brake fluid. It tells us it's, it's a go, no-go kind of a test. It's either good or it's bad. If it's bad, we tell you you have 6% moisture in your brake fluid, and typical brake fluid doesn't have any. So we uh, we just want you to know that you should probably have your brake fluid system serviced, which means let's flush out all the old and put new brake fluid in. Transmission fluid, stuff like that. Well, today's cars, all of that stuff's pretty much at 100,000 miles. There are some di- there are some custom or cars that are less, but for the big picture, um, you're going to do a lot of fluids at between 75 and 100,000 miles. So the days of doing flushes at 30,000 miles all over your car are gone. They're just gone. And our fluids are so far superior than they were in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. They're just so far superior. Most of them are synthetics. So it is a big deal, but this guy gets a laundry list um, that was either $1,000 or $2,000 worth of work. And, uh, And his mileage and his owner's manual conflicted with the list that he was given. And you have to go by the owner's manual because that's written by the people that make the car you're driving. So you have to, that's the default. You have to believe that. Now, some of the time, the owner's manual will say, depending on your driving, well, what they're talking about is Alaska and and Phoenix. So if it's hot, you might step up your cooling system flush a tad. But if you open it up and it's orange and clean, good. You open it up and it's blue and it's clean, good. Those are good things. But if you open it up and it's rusty water, then that's that's time to flush it. And it's not hard for us to, we all have those little bulb things, I don't know what they're called, where you stick it in the radiator and you suck some fluid up and then you put it in a glass and you walk over and show the customer and you say, okay, this is the stuff that's in there. You'll notice it's pretty brown and rusty. And here's the new stuff that this is what it will look like after we flush it. So it's kind of a green tint or it's orange tint or it's blue tint or whatever. So that's kind of how that whole system works is um, the owner's manual gives us guidelines that, that we pretty much should abide by. And the problem is, is that we've learned how to say, oh, the owner's manual doesn't apply to Arizona. And and I, I suspect many of you are shaking your head right now because you've heard that. And that's just flat bull. 
the air, there is no such thing as a Nevada or an Arizona or a Texas or a Minnesota. So you say to them, you know what? I never knew that. Do me a favor. Do you have a business card? Yes, thank you. Would you order me a manual for my car for Arizona? And then call me when it comes in and you have their business card. So you wait a week and you call them and say, hey, does that manual come in? The fact of the matter is, is that manual is for everywhere that car can be sold, everywhere where that car can be used. That's what the manual's for. So it's not something that they're going to say, oh, well, that's not for Arizona because that's just not true. But it's real convenient for us as an industry because right now, when, like I said before, we used to do a lot of stuff at 30 and 60 and 90, but we don't do a lot of that stuff now. So it's extended out immensely. We don't do a lot of your fluids until 75 to 100,000 miles now. They're just better fluids, and the, and the engines are more airtight, and they don't consume, they don't consume and collect much water. The transmission's good. We have better filtering systems. We have synthetic fluids. All that stuff makes a much better deal. So 602-508-0960, if you'd like, a, if you'd like to ask a question or if you want to discuss something I've said, that's good. 602-508-0960. This is KKNT 960 in Phoenix. My name's Mark Salem. I'm every here, here every Saturday from 10 to 12 talking about cars, and you, it's a two-way street. You're welcome to join us. 602 508 Zero nine sixty. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The nine sixty the Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey dot com. It's your voice of reason twenty four seven. Fans are calling The Farmer and the Bell Saving Santa Land their new favorite Christmas movie. When a famous model returns to her farm and reunites with a long-lost pen pal, she just may find what true beauty really is. I came here looking for something I haven't found yet. Well. Maybe you found it and just don't know it. Available now on SalemNow.com. Plus, get the documentary What is True Beauty? Free with your purchase of The Farmer and the Bell Saving Santa Land. Exclusively on SalemNow.com. I'm a veteran. My victory was admitting I had PTSD and getting help. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I no longer see it as a weakness, but as a sign of strength. I call it post-traumatic growth. DAV provides a lifetime of support helping veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I am a veteran. I lost both legs in Vietnam. Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and small. My victory was getting my benefits and a good education. I'm a veteran. When I got out, I felt like nowhere was safe. My victory was finding the help I needed. But there's more to be done and more victories to be won. Thanks to DAV, now I feel like I'm human again. Help support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now. 
and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing. Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go, like hiking, biking, fishing, or camping. Or do your own thing when you get there with family and friends. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. To some, a baby's babbling doesn't mean much, but it does. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at autismspeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 40, 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're back on the air again. And actually, we're hooked up like we should. And uh, we've got a, a problem that we'll fix between me and Gil. We'll fix it. And and uh, first, we have to determine on who, whose fault it is. And not really fault. It's which side of the of the Internet um, is, uh, is bad. But um, I'm talking to him now, and he's talking to me. And Gil, okay, okay, good. I just wanted to to see that bar move, and I just sent you a picture of of uh, some of the stuff that that we've done. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. And if I think I have a caller, yes, you do. Say hello to Bobby. Bobby, good morning. How can I help you? I was just wondering what the oil consumption might be for a Subaru, like. Uh, Seems like I use about a half a quad after about two thousand miles. Is that normal? Yes, um, that's normal. No matter if you have a Mercedes, um, most cars will use a quart of oil in the vicinity of three thousand to four thousand miles. So if you take your half and times two to get a full quart, you're right in that that range. Let me ask you a question: How many miles are on it? Um, sixty-five. 65,000. Okay. Does it leak any oil? Uh, no. No. Okay. None, okay. Not a drop. How long do you go between oil changes? I usually go about 6,000 with uh, 0, 020 synthetic. Okay. 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 Now, uh, let me let me just comment f- if you don't mind. The 0, 020 synthetic is good for 10 to 15,000 miles. I run at 15,000 miles on my diesel truck, but I also hold 10 or 12 ports. So there's a big difference between you and me in that respect. And I'm also hauling horse trailers and stuff like that, and you're not doing a lot of that with your Subaru. No. I think if you want to, you could step back to a semi-synthetic, which isn't as expensive as a full synthetic, and you could go to 6,000 miles with no problem because the three kinds of oils have three different intervals. Conventional oil is 3,000 to 5,000 miles. Semi-synthetic is 5 to 7 to 8, maybe. 
and then full synthetic goes all the way to 15. So if you use the full synthetic and you change it early, you're not really benefiting from that extra money you're spending. So if you went to a semi-synthetic and you went to a 530 or something like that, then you'd be fine. But your oil consumption, a half a quart in 1,500 miles, 2,000 miles, is, is nothing to be concerned about. Now, you're taking, you're saying from the full mark to the ad mark, the oil level gets about in the middle. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 you, and you're, you're right about that that's about a quart. It's about a quart from the ad mark up to the full. So when it hits the ad mark, you can add a quart, and it won't go past full. So, so your 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 our analyticals here are on the same page, yours and mine. One, uh, yeah, that's well, that's good to know. Um, one other thing about the uh, synthetic blends is, um, you know, semi-synthetic or semi by definition means half. But wouldn't it just be easy if you in any doubt about the the percentage of the blend to just buy three quarts of conventional and three quarts of synthetic i'm just giving a, as an example so you had a six quart uh capacity that's, just, that's just a, buy three quarts of synthetic three quarts of, of uh, conventional. conventional and just mix them okay <laughs> you know I've, i knew where you were going i've never answered that question before but i am an oil expert i've been trained by yeah. chevron and vaveline and and here's let me tell you this it would be nice if you could do that, but you can't. Because when you mix two oils like that, when you mix a conventional with a semi-synthetic, you're going to throw them out of spec. So you're going to have an oil that's going to perform under normal circumstances. It's going to perform adequately. But there's a whole lot of cars out there that wouldn't like that. There's cars that are are, are fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 vehicles. They're likely to, the computer's likely to pick that up, but not always. But I don't think that's a good idea just because we're mixing the two of them. It's kind of like adding a, a, a pint of oil additive to your engine. You've just thrown all the oil out of specification, all of it. And so you still okay. have a lubricating properties, but there are the there is a possibility that that oil that's now out of spec can't handle a particular aspect as well. From a detergent point of view, I'll give you that. You mix two oils together. The detergent isn't scrub, scrubbing bubbles. The detergent is, is as this little piece of carbon is in the oil, it holds it in suspension and does not let it fall to the oil pan. So as that gulp of oil goes through the filter, the filter can take that piece of carbon out. So detergent is an important consideration. I think I'd like you to just use a semi-synthetic and, and, and just do that. Find a something... Um, of the spread, you're not likely to find a 020 synthetic or semi-synthetic, but just you know, a 530, a 520 synthetic would be fine. And look at your owner's manual because I think it will guide you better than Mark Salem is. Okay? Okay, Mark. Thank you. Okay, you bet. Oil sin in intervals. I make notes on all my stuff. Anyway, 602-508-0960 is the phone number. If you have a car question, you're more than welcome to call us. We have five lines available, and Gil's there answering your calls. 602-508-0960, and I'll be right back. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. 
Divorce can be complicated, especially if children are involved. If you're a father and want to protect your role in your children's lives, remember Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men with matters like these for 30 years. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Phoenix area attorneys. 6730 North Scottsdale Road, Suite 230, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85253. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Online at CordellCordell.com. What's wrong with the weather? Are COVID climate engineering operations already ongoing? Are weather modification operations robbing us of our rain? What else is our government hiding from us about COVID-19 and countless other issues? If you want answers to questions corporate media talking heads won't touch, tune into the weekly non-political commercial-free Global Alert News Hour, Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. on 960 The Patriot. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org. Choices Pregnancy Resource Centers have been a part of the greater Phoenix area for nearly 40 years. That means since 1983, more than 10,000 lives have been saved. This is a joyful story of God's redemption. We invite you to join us in the fight for life. Join us in providing a greater love to women and babies in our area. Right now, you can use the Arizona tax credit and receive a dollar-for-dollar state tax credit up to $800 when you make a donation to Choices. Your financial partnership will help us serve more women and open a fourth location because women deserve better and babies deserve a chance. Learn more at choicesaz.com slash donate. That's choicesaz.com slash donate. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. 43 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, I'm Mark Salem, and thank you very much for uh, calling in, Charlie, Olaf, and Ron. Real quick, let, let me just tell you that I want you to, to, to kind of repeat after me and learn how to say this to your shop. You say, what symptoms do I have now that you're going to fix with your suggested injector flush or your suggested this or new spark plugs or new ball joints or new axle boots, whatever? Just nail them down. What do I have now? What can you show me now? that I need to deal with. Now, an axle boot's easy. We'll put it on the rack and show you the boots all torn up that's throwing grease out. That's easy. But when we start talking about some of these feel-good things like flush and fuel injectors, I want to tell you something. I've been in the business. I've been working at a gas station since I was in, in 1968. We f- inject. We do injector flushes, not a normal maintenance unless the customer insists. We, we don't sell them as maintenance. What we do is we use them to tell us what the problem is. So if we have an engine miss and it's not spark, it's got to be fuel. 
So then we go in and we flush the injectors, and if the problem goes away, boom, we're done. That was the fix. But to do it because your car's going to love you more, or to do it because you think your injectors are going to love you more, or you're going to get better fuel economy, is flat bull. I'm telling you. it Flushing your fuel injectors does one thing. takes your money and puts it in their pocket. That's all there is to it. Charlie, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Oh, thanks for taking my call, Mark. Hey, uh, uh, we're going to buy a from my from our daughter a 2019 uh, Subaru Ascent with 75,000 miles on it, and I've heard that the Subarus uh, were having some trouble with their uh, their gaskets. Now, uh, what do you? How long would it be before I was having trouble? Do you think with 75,000 mile on the car? Well, I think we do lots of oil leaks after 100,000 miles, but let's not lose sight that the 100,000 miles is four times around the girth of the earth. It's 25,000 miles around the girth. So let's not lose sight of that. Um, there's, there's some other thing. Use the right oil will help control oil leaking. Number two, make sure that we're going to warm the car up and that somebody hasn't taken the thermostat out of it or the thermostat's not stuck wide open because we need the heat. We need that to help us. And I and I and then also there's a PCV valve system and a breather system and those should be looked at quickly by the people that do your oil change. That's it. I want to tell you something. Oil leaks today are not nearly like Charlie. I don't know how old you are, but um, I'm thinking that you and I are probably pretty close in age. But Charlie, it's not like the old days. <laughs> Really, oil leaks no, are just a thing of the past. We we have silicone gaskets, and we have all kinds of fancy stuff. And and to be perfectly honest with you, now I will tell you that if you go on the internet, you're going to find Mr. Google's going to say that Subaru dominates the discussion about oil leaks. So do Fiats <laughs> and a couple of other vehicles. <laughs> but to be perfectly honest with you, I wouldn't let that worry you. Let's just deal with an oil leak. It could be an oil pressure switch that costs 50 bucks. It could be a drain plug gasket that costs 10 There's a lot of things that can happen, but don't worry about that. Have If you're going to buy it for your daughter, have somebody check it over. It's called a used car checkover. It should be about 100 bucks. And they're going to give you a list of things that need addressed, and you can negotiate with the seller with that discount. So you say, I've got, you know, the X amount of dollars worth of stuff that this needs. Here's the list. I'd like you to deduct that off of it, or I'd like you to have it fixed before I buy it. You can do that. Okay. One one last question. If, If it goes to the extreme, how much would it cost me to replace that motor? Um. You're probably talking between three and six thousand dollars, depending if I can use the heads again or not, and if it's blown up and the motor's just blown up because somebody ran it low on oil and then just kept driving it, then yeah, I'm going to have to buy a complete motor, a long block, and then it also depends on when I have the motor out. Am I going to do all the belts and the hoses and the liquids and the coolant and all that kind of stuff? Axle boots on it. Am I going to do that on the front? And if that's the case, then you're going to be somewhere in the ten to fifteen thousand dollar range. Okay, that's what I need to know. And but, but let me tell you Mark? something. Wait, wait, wait. The one question you didn't Go ask ahead. me is is Mark. Tell me about how how often you do motors. I'll tell you. I got a twenty bay shop. We've been in this location since nineteen ninety four. We're only doing one motor a month. I got a 20-bay shop. We're loaded to the gills with work. So it's not like I'm doing two motors a day 
I might, I might replace one bad motor a month. And I I don't lose them on the bidding side. It's not like I'm bidding nine of them and I only got one. That's not the case. We only see one motor a month. So I don't want you to lose a lot of sleep over that, okay? Oh, but I do have one for you. I've got a, a 95 pickup with the 7.3 motor, 500,000 miles, and I'd probably bring it, be bringing it in to you one of these days. Well, I want to tell you something. You and I both know that 7.3 is a monster. I want you to yeah. know I just bought a 2002 Excursion. I paid a hell of a lot of money for it because it had the 7.3 and it's a four-wheel drive. And that's the old high-performance Suburban in the with the Ford badge on it. So your 7.3 is a motor I love because it's a monster. It's really, really good. And a lot of old gray-haired guys love things with 7.3s in them. So you keep that. It's worth some money, okay? Got to run. Thanks. Olaf, you're up next. Olaf, how can I help you? Morning, Mark. Yes, the, uh, I just purchased a uh, uh, a jump starter, a lithium jump starter, and uh, when I saw advertisements where they're small, compact, you can store them in your glove box. But when I read the instructions, they say store it in your home, use it in your car. If you store it in your car, your car will get hot. The battery may overheat and explode, but don't. Electric vehicles have lithium batteries? I don't understand this. <laughs> You're right. It's it's very difficult. First of all, if I had a jumper box, and I do, and mine's lithium, I keep it underneath the front seat of my truck. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I haven't personally seen a customer of mine, and we have probably 200,000 customers. I, I mean, we, we started in 19, I think it was 19... 86 when we I wrote our software and now we have a derivative of that so I mean we have 200,000 customers that do business with us and have done business with it I've never seen that happen so um, I think if you would would it make you feel better go buy a cheap fire extinguisher an ABC fire extinguisher at Walmart (laughs) put it and and the and the lithium thing under but aren't you going to want to plug that lithium thing in to charge it with your car yes Okay, that's what I do. Put the cigarette lighter plug in. It has a fuse on it anyway. So put the cigarette lighter plug in, and it'll keep your battery charged. And if you feel better, then get a little fire extinguisher from Walmart. Uh, yeah, I feel better about it. But when I read the instruction, it, looked, it sounded like it was written by a group of attorneys uh, <laughs> with a big CYA. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. There's, they, they've probably been sued a couple of times because the lithium battery overheated in the car. But see, the thing of it is, is the lithium battery overheats when it's being charged. It typically doesn't have a problem when it's just sitting there in a neutral position or you're actually using it. So I, I, we, I have lots of lithium batteries. I have some big monsters that will start my diesel tractors up north at the ranch. And, and I'm not worried about the things that you are. I, I, I think the odds... The odds are more likely that your wife will find a 21-year-old guy and leave you. That's That'll probably happen long before you have a problem with the lithium. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mark. Thank you much. Okay. <laughs> How the hell did I come up with that in a car show? Anyway, Ron, you're up next. How can I help you? Hello? Yes, sir, Ron? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a uh, 2008 Mazda Miata MX-5. And when it's 
when it's under 40 degrees and over 40% humidity, you try to start it and it blows a 20 amp fuse. What do you think's wrong? Well, what is the fuse? What exactly is the description of the fuse? Uh, the, oh, I don't have that with me right now. Okay, that's okay. No, no, it's okay. Um, let me help you with this. Mm-hmm. In your owner's manual, you'll find a picture of the fuse panel. And so you're going to mm-hmm. identify that fuse, and then it's going to give you a yeah, list I, of things. Yeah, I've looked at it. It says okay. something like, uh, what, did, what did it say? It says, uh, uh, nah, I can't remember. Okay, that's okay. It could be the body control module. It could be the, the fuel delivery system. It could be the electric fuel pump. Um, there's a lot of things. Oh, you mean, it, you mean the description is going to tell me what the failing unit is? No, the description is going to tell you all the things that are on that fuse. Oh, all okay, the things okay. that are on that fuse, and that will help us isolate those systems. So, for instance, oh, I'll, I'll tell you, okay. it may say, uh, it's not going to say this, but I'm giving you this as an example. It's, it's going to say interior lights. The first thing I'm going to do is take out take mm-hmm. out your interior lights. <laughs> I'm going I'm to okay, put the fuse gotcha. in there, but I'm going to disable your interior lights, and I'm going to say, okay. hey, Ron, drive it and, and see if this does it. But... Um, okay. it, it's it's a 20 amp fuse and that means it's it's bigger than the average bear it's not a 5 amp it's mm-hmm. not a 10 or a 15 a 20 is, is going to have more than one circuit on it and then and then after that I'm yeah. going to get on my internet and I'm going to go to a couple of websites for us shop owners and I'm going to ask the Subaru guys I got this 20 amp number 16 fuse and and the one guy's going to say um, the alternator wiring is too close to the exhaust, and it's popping that fuse. And take a look at this, this, and this, and I'm gonna, and I'm using this as an example. Please don't do this. Uh, and so I'm gonna go look and go, damn, you were right. And so I fix the wire off, get it off the exhaust. This fuse stops popping, and you're out the door. That's kind of how it works for yeah. my, for me, for, for me and my shop. Okay. Okay. Thanks. All right. You bet. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. All five lines are open, and we have a caller. Who might that be, Gil? Hey, good morning to John. John, good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning. I got a I got a 07 Honda Accord. It's got, it's got maybe 250,000 miles, but the signal, signal lights, um, when I pressed, you know, when I make a turn, um, uh, well, maybe like from the cold in the morning, it might uh, work a little bit proper like it's supposed to. But then later on, it uh, the signal, uh, the um, it doesn't blink like it should blink. Uh, it kind of uh, fl- kind of flutters. You know, the uh, the uh, the signal light doesn't, uh, or sometimes you. It doesn't. Doesn't like okay. I supposed to. All right. Let me let, let me uh, kind of uh, let me tell you what yes. just happened to me. Um, every once in a while, I would turn on my right side blinker, and it would blink real yes. fast, unlike the rest of the the, the blinkers. And then sometimes yes. it didn't blink at all. And yes. what I did was, is I replaced the bulb, and that fixed it. And I also cleaned up the ground. So I just oh. pulled the bulb out. I found a bunch of water in it. I blew all the water off. I used a little dielectric grease. I used a little uh, wire brush and kind of cleaned out the socket, put a new bulb in, and that was it. Anytime that you have a oh. turn signal light that's acting up, it's telling you either the front or the back on that side has a problem. That's what it's telling you. Okay, so 
it's a, it's the bulb, the bulb, uh, either the bulb, the bulb, you replace the bulb, right? Well, yeah, here's what I want you to do first. I want you to turn on yeah. the hazards, and I want you to walk around the car, and you should have four yeah. lights flashing, two front, two rear. Yeah. I want you to yeah. make sure that the speed of the flash is the same on all four. One of them's, one of, if they're going deek, 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 perfect. But if one of them is going deek, 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 that's the one yeah. you need to work on. Okay? Oh, oh okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm having the same problem you're, you was having. Yeah, it, it flashed for a little bit, and then it, it uh, stays on like, like, like you, you described your problem. Okay. okay, I'll try that. Okay. All right, and 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 if it works, then the next time you that they pass pass the plate at the church, put an extra buck in. I need it. Okay. Oh, hey, okay, hey, you, you, you <laughs> hey, uh, Mark, uh, hey, Mark. Also, I want to thank you. Uh, you, you. A few years ago, you recommended uh, on the radio. You recommended uh, Parkers. I I go there. I've been there several times, and I like. I like uh, I like going to Harkers. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for that. Thank you very much for that. And yes, uh, Larry Harkers is a great shop over on Thirty Eighth Avenue in New School. Anyway, else we have six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. The lines are wide open. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. We're going to take about a three or four minute break, and then we're going to come back and we have another hour of fun and frivolity. Uh, it's when you talk about um, Larry Harkers Auto at Thirty Eighth Avenue in New School, been around since nineteen sixty seven. I can't tell you how many times I've sent a car in that geographical area to them and had the customer call me back and tell me what a wonderful experience it was. They are really good at what they do. Bob runs the shop. Ellen runs the front counter. And don't any of you guys think you're going to walk in there and out-talk her about car stuff because Ellen is one of the smartest ladies I've ever met. And she she has this benefit. She gets to hear the symptoms then she gets to make the repair order, and then she needs to. She gets to see the parts and the labor necessary to fix this symptom. She has a tremendous library of symptoms and repairs many men don't have. So if you're in that 38th Avenue in Indian School and you're looking for a good shop and you don't have one, from oil changes to everything bigger than that, Larry Harker's Auto, 38th Avenue in Indian School. I'm Mark Salem. The phone number is 602-508-0960. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.